And one of the reasons I like preaching expository messages, the Apostle Paul made a statement, I have not failed to preach the whole counsel of God. That means it. He preached on every topic that the Lord had impressed upon him. And the reason I preach every verse in the Bible is, listen, I have people tell me, Pastor, thank you for preaching against sin. Pastor, thank you for taking a stand for, for this or that. Thank you for preaching about prayer or about pride. Well, friend, you can thank me, but all I'm doing at the end of the day is, if the Bible says it, that's what I'm saying. And so today we're going to deal with a fun topic. We're going to deal with money. Everybody say money. Now, this is what it says, James chapter 5 and verse 1. Look at it. It says, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Amen. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and eat your flesh like fire. Yikes. You have Heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed, uh, mowed your fields. These are people who worked for you, uh, which you kept back by fraud. You kept back their wages by fraud. They cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your heart as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Just wanted to give you some good encouraging scripture this morning. I promise this will be encouraging to us. What in the world is the Bible talking about? Well, by the grace of God, he's going to help us. Amen. So let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning through his word. Lord, I thank you for your word. It's life. It's help. It's instruction. It's correction where we need it. And I pray today that your word would accomplish all that you desire it to in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Will you help me pray for a great anointing? Pray with your spirit. Pray with your understanding. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would anoint each and every one of us today. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear and a heart that perceives what your spirit is speaking, oh God. I bind the works of the enemy, he who would seek to distract, to distort, to confuse or uproot your word as it comes forward. May the wisdom of man fall by the wayside, but the wisdom of your eternal word be exalted, almighty God. So I pray, bless us as we receive your word today in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody say... Amen, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now, this is an intense child. You'll notice James, man, he does not pull punches. When he's dealing with people who love the world, he calls them adulterers and adulteresses. He talks about God resisting people who stink with pride. And today, he's dealing with people who have a wrong view of money. And it's my prayer. I led us in, in our early morning prayer meeting today. I really felt like one of the things God was going to do was break a spirit of poverty through the grace of generosity. I need you to hear me on this because there are some. You're stuck in this perpetual place of I'm always in lack. I'm always in need. I never have enough. I don't deserve a raise. I'm always going to be on state aid, welfare, food stamps. I'm always going to need to borrow. I always need someone to support. But God, I believe today, if we can hear his heart and honor his word, is going to reverse some things and move us into a realm where 
I'm the head and I'm not the tail. I'm the lender. I'm not the borrower. I'm the one who is a source of God's blessing flowing into somebody, not the one who's always asking in need. God is going to break the spirit of poverty through the power of generosity. Now, James here is, is instructing us and he's warning us. And I know at the onset this seems very intense and you're like, uh, uh, Pastor, am I about to be devoured? Am I about to be eaten by fire? Am I about to have miseries coming upon me? Well, here's the question. You'll notice that James here talks about how um, it doesn't condemn wealth, but here's the question. Have you defrauded people who work for you? Are you hoarding money for yourself? Are you stingy? Um, have you murdered somebody who's innocent? If you have done those things, then, uh, friend, you got trouble coming your way. But if you are not a hoarder, if you're not a murderer, if you, are, uh, if you deal with people you hire to do a particular job, if you deal with them fairly, then guess what? God's got some good things in store for you. And I want to show you, in fact, the Bible actually uh, uh, has a lot to say about this. Did you know that your giving, the way you handle your finances, actually has the potential to do spiritual warfare on your behalf? Did you know that? The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, probably the most famous passage on tithing, Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. That means God's going to take care of the needs of the people, of the house, of the church. He says, try me in this, test me in this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing, there will not be enough room to receive it. How many of you would like the blessing of God so outpoured on your life, you don't even have room to contain it? Like... I got glitches on my, uh, my, uh, my phone because uh, there's so much money, I can't even read it. I don't, I don't even know what that would look like. Blessings that are so abundant it can't contain. But look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. I, this is the Lord, will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will not destroy the fruit of your ground. The vine will not fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. There again, we saw the Lord of hosts in the book of James. We see the Lord of hosts here. God is either going to be fighting on your behalf or God is going to be resisting you depending on how you handle finances. Heard one man of God say, you're going to be a tither whether you want to or not. You will either willingly give 10%, return the tithe to the Lord, bring offerings as he puts it upon your heart, and in doing so, God's going to bless that 90% that you have. Or if you withhold what God is asking you to do, friend, devourer's going to come and start sucking up things, eating up your finances, stuff's going to start breaking down, and you're going to end up paying out one way or the other. Personally, I'd rather have God on my side, fighting my battles, blessing everything, pouring out so much I cannot contain it. The devourer is being rebuked. I'd much rather be in that place than have sorrows coming my way. My finances are being consumed by unexpected expenses, and everything that I have is cursed. Are you with me today? I sure hope so. Ask your neighbor, are you blessed or cursed? Respond to them. Are you blessed or are you cursed? I don't know. I am blessed. Come on, we all better just say it together. I am blessed. I am blessed. 
That's right. Now, James, it uses a word. It says, uh, it says that there are misery. Come, you who are rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. That word miseries is an Aramaic word. It can literally translate to demonic torment. That's why I'm saying you're, you're going to open doors with your finances one way or the other. You're either going to open doors that are the blessing of God pouring out favor on your life or if you're withholding, if you're wicked with the way that you handle your finances, friend, there are demonic miseries that are headed your way. And I'm not trying to scare anybody here today, but I'm just try, I'm trying to help you because some of you already have this going on in your life and you don't even understand why. We're going we're gonna to help some people get free today. Look at what 1 Timothy chapter 6 says, if you can bring that on the screen. Because this is a godly perspective on those who are wealthy, those whom God has trusted with resources. It says this, 1 Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present age. And he's talking to godly people, not wicked people. Command those. Don't be haughty. Don't be proud. Don't trust in your riches, but trust in the living God. How did you get this? God blessed you. So continue to trust in him. He gives us, watch this, richly all things to enjoy. Some of you need to hear this today. God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Do you know God wants you to enjoy your life? I mean, you live in Hawaii. You should have a sense of this. You just drive down the road and like, I enjoy this. I enjoy, And you ought to enjoy this. Friend, if you don't enjoy it, why are you here paying three times what anybody in the rest of the world is paying? God gives you richly all things to enjoy. You know, somebody handed me $100 last week, and that's a blessing. I was very thankful. You know what I did with that $100? I enjoyed it. I took my wife on a date. We ate a burrito and nachos, ponchos and lefties, and got dessert. It was awesome. We enjoyed it. My kids wanted snacks for the youth conference. They had their merch shop. Dad, can I have money? And uh, you know what? I had money, and it was my pleasure to be able to give them some. Go enjoy. God wants to give you to it. You don't see anywhere in that passage, you know, get rid of all your riches. Oh, it's evil. No, he gives us richly all things to enjoy. Minister Ryland and Leah, about to go on vacation. Enjoy. No kids. Enjoy. Go enjoy yourselves. It's not a sin. We just think, man, I got to be broke. I got to be miserable. And that's, oh, Hallelujah, I'm just blessing the Lord right now. I'm just so, oh, friend, that doesn't look like God. That doesn't, God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, if you've been blessed, look what Timothy continues. Watch this. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. So let them do good. If God has blessed you, what do you do with your finances? Do good. Be rich in good works. Be ready to give. Be willing to share. Store up for yourselves a good foundation for the time to come, and you will lay hold of eternal life. If God has blessed you, this is the way you should handle finances. Are you ready to do good? 
Are you ready to help people? Are you ready to be a blessing, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation? Oh, my goodness. You understand, money is not evil. People misquote that passage in Timothy all the time. Oh, money's the root of all evil. No, it's not. The love of money is the root of many types of evil. The love of, everybody say the love of money. God's not concerned about money. What he's concerned about is your affections. What do you love? What do you trust? Yes, you have resources, but if your trust and your assurance and your love and your worship is in what's in your bank account, friend, sorrows are coming your way. Demonic torment is coming your way. But if God has blessed you and your eyes remain on him, and what can I do for you? And how can I be a blessing? And how can I help somebody else in need? And what would I give back to you, Lord, if your mindset is in that and your eyes are on the provider? Guess what? His blessings and his increase, so much you cannot contain it. Oh, my. Guys, I, I got stuck on this word this last week. I've never seen this before. The book of Romans says that we are co Heirs. Do you have this? I think it's Romans 8. Uh, is, it, is it on there? Can you bring it up? I'm, I'm testing my media teams today. They're not there. If you have the Bible app, it's in there. Michael's got it. He's on the Bible app. Amen. Where is it? I don't have it. Down a little. Romans 8.17. Thank you, Michael. If children, then heirs, we are heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. If we suffer with him, we will be glorified together. Do you know as a son or a daughter of the Most High God, you are a co-heir with Christ? You, you know what a co-heir is? Co-heir is different. I didn't tell the first service this. You guys are getting some bonus today. A co-heir is different uh, than a joint heir, okay? If you have a plot of land and myself and Pastor Jaira receive this and we are uh, we're joint heirs, you know what that means? He gets half of the land, I get half of the land. But if we are co-heirs, what that means is we both have access to all of the land. So listen... It's not that God has an inheritance and all of his kids have to split it. So I get a little bit, you get a little bit, we all get a little bit. No, we are co-heirs with Christ. That means everything he had access to. Did you ever see Jesus stressed out like, how are we going to feed this crowd of 20,000? No, he knew that his father had more than enough. He knew that his father did. How, how are we going to provide for these 70 missionaries we're about to send out to go heal and preach the gospel and heal the sick and cast out devil? He had a large staff. And yet every one of them had everything that they needed. Why do we get concerned? You are, a, in fact, oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to give you guys some, some bonus stuff today. Are you ready for this? When Paul was commissioned to preach the gospel. This is what it says in Acts 26, verse 17. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as Gentiles to whom I send you to now. This was Jesus' uh, commission to the apostle Paul. This is what you're going to do. Open their eyes to turn them from darkness to light. 
praise God, from the power of Satan to the power of God, hallelujah, that they will receive forgiveness of sins, amen, and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. What did Paul say? I I want you to teach them. I want you to teach them. I am saving them. I'm taking them out of darkness. I'm bringing them into my kingdom. I'm forgiving them, and I am giving them an inheritance. I got stuck on this word inheritance. It's like, I've never seen this. I'd never really even notice. It's like, God, you have an inheritance for me? There's another one in Ephesians 5. Having predestined us to adoption by sons in Christ Jesus to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, in him we have obtained an inheritance. See, I I read those verses, and I I always get stuck on a Bible study about predestination, or I get stuck on a predestination. In love, he predestined. I have always read that, and I've missed this part. He predestined us to an inheritance. God has stuff for you. You have an inheritance. I heard a story about a lady who was uh, involved in a church, and There were bankers trying to reach her because she had a relative she did not even know who died and left an inheritance, and she didn't even know that it was sitting there. And it took months and months, but she was the next closest relative, and they found out all of a sudden she had something like $3 million that was sitting in a bank account. She had an inheritance she didn't even know she could tap into. You have an inheritance. And it's a lot more than $3 million, I'm just telling you. You have an inheritance. I'm being honest. I don't think until this last week I have ever said, "Uh, hey, God, it's me, one of your sons. Can I tap into that inheritance a little bit? I'm believing for big things, guys. I'm praying that God will triple my giving in the next year, triple my income, that all of these things. Rodney Howard Brown inspired me. He gave a million dollars into the work of the Lord. Not one dime came out of the church. It was entrepreneurial opportunities. He's he's doing business. He's making investments. And God so enriched him, he gave a million dollars. I tell you, my prayers have shifted. I used to pray, God. Bring millionaires into our church. Friend, we've had millionaires come into our church who don't give one dime. What I'm praying instead, God, would you raise up people? Like, why can't DeCoven be raised up as a millionaire? Hallelujah. Why can't Pastor Jaira become a millionaire? Hallelujah. I mean, why not you? Why not? I'm not even kidding. Tekla, when we were, now listen to me. Tekla, when we were praying for you earlier today, I, I, this, I felt this word. I almost shared it then, but it's for now. There are going to be people that are surprised by the research. This lady does not have the appearance of wealth, but they're going to be surprised at what the Lord has trusted you with. You're going to be enriched to be generous on every occasion according to the word of God. I felt that so strong when we prayed for her today. Why not? Why not you? Why not me? I read that the average salary of a pastor in the United States of America is $21,000. You ready for ministry, comma? That's not, that's, but listen, kings treat us better than that. Hallelujah. A little. But I'm not, I'm telling you, I I don't suffer. I I truly, I'm not, I'm not trying to portray that at all. But I'm just like, God, you're my source. 
and I'm your son, and I have an inheritance. Oh, my goodness. Guys, God has been just, he blows my mind. It's like my wife. She's like, you know, I want to buy lunch for my husband today. Sends Mariah some money to go and, and buy me a, a, a plate lunch. They go in there, and the lady behind the counter just says, you know what? I want to take care of this one for you guys. It's just like little, little blessings from God, just little favor from God, on and on and on. It's so amazing. What do you believe in God for? I should have started praying for that inheritance a long time ago. Hallelujah. So three questions. If we're going to grow in wealth God's way, three questions all coming out of this text in James. Three questions that we must ask. Number one, are you a hoarder or are you a storer? Are you a hoarder or are you a storer? The wicked wealthy that was condemned, you'll notice in verse 3, this is James chapter 5, it says you have heaped up treasures in the last days. You have heaped up. They are hoarders. And they don't have concern about, I'm building wealth for the next generation. I'm raising funds to be a blessing. That's not on there. It's all about their life, their kingdom, their luxury. That's hoarders. Jesus talked about, and we read that text, Timothy said the very same thing. It says you are storing up treasure in heaven. Well, how do you do that? You have wealth, but you're looking to the kingdom. You're doing good. You're being a giver. You're being a blessing. Friend, it's wonderful to have savings, but what are you doing with it? If your only intention is, I'm going to build my kingdom and my name and my wealth, I'm going to live in luxury, friend, you're a hoarder, and the Bible condemns it. If you're looking to save, to be a blessing, I want to give on another level. I want to leave an inheritance to my sons and to my grandsons. If your intention is I'm going to build kingdom wealth and I'm going to, I'm going to help single moms and I'm going, to, I'm going to finish that building program and I'm going to be the one to write a million dollar check to the, to the church. If that is the kind of stuff that's in your heart, friend, God will enrich you in every way. God will bless you in order to be a blessing. The question is, are you a hoarder or are you a storer? Ask your neighbor, are you a hoarder or a storer? No, some of you didn't do that. Ask your neighbor, are you a hoarder or are you a storer? This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Do you hoard or do you store? Having savings is great, but... Uh, you know, I grew up in the Midwest where there's cornfields and bean fields and all of that. And what, what ends up happening, you've got something, they don't have these around here, but you have something called silos. Have you ever seen a silo? It looks like a, it looks like a tower. Um, and, uh, and what it's for is when the farmers go out and bring in their crops, they'll go and they will store it in there. Now, you imagine if they hoarded the corn that they store in the silo, it's not going to be long before that thing rots or it catches on fire, bugs get in. It's just like what Jesus was talking it: Thieves break in and steal. Moth and rust destroy. Hoarding. But what these guys do is they will store it for the purpose of, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to put it to good use. I'm going to feed people with it. They store it for the purpose of distributing it for business and to benefit other people. So what are you doing with what God has trusted you with? Are you hoarding it or are you storing it? And as soon as God speaks to me, 
I'm going to give. As soon as the Lord speaks to me, I'm going to go. And you get to enjoy it. Hallelujah. He'll enrich you to enjoy. So it's not, you don't got to give it all away. But you should give away something. And I want to challenge you guys. Giving is the only area in the Bible God says, test me in this. Be faithful to return your tithe. But I would seriously encourage you, take some money. My wife and I started with $20 every pay period. That's all we could afford. And we would take that $20. This is not our tithe, but this was something we did above and beyond that. And says, God, what do you want us to do? We had very little at that time. My wife often had $20 for groceries, but we would still say, $20, we're going to bless somebody. Show us. And it might be a single mom. I meet somebody who's asking money for gas, but we would always wait and be sensitive. God, what would you do? And guys, time after time after time, it, it was crazy. We'd give $20, and it, within 24 hours, we'd have $100 come back into us. Never forget, we gave $20, and we had $200 come to us. I mean, my wife's doing laundry at the laundromat. We're living in alumni housing. I'm installing soap dispensers in public schools. I mean, we were in a hard place. My wife shared a couple weeks ago, us a season where she got sick and had to go to a homeless shelter because we didn't have insurance. We didn't have nothing. But we continued to be faithful. I had $200 that somebody handed me on one occasion. Remember, it was sitting in my wallet. We're sitting in church, and there's a single dad who is interviewed on stage talking about the school, their private school. And, uh, and he wanted his kids. He's a single dad. Mom had left years ago, drugs, whole mess, but he was a good dad, single dad. Wanted to have his three kids in that private school, about $10,000 per student a year. And so they decided as a church, we're going to receive an offering, and we're going to give to them and a couple other single parents that are in our church who'd like their kids to be in this school and I took out my wallet, and I turned to my wife, and I show her one of the $100 bills. We have nothing. We have nothing. That, that $200 was a fortune to us. We took that $100, and we gave it in that offering. Within a week, our kids were asked to come into that school, full-ride scholarship, $20,000 gift that came into us. It's mind-boggling. It's my, my wife reminded me. We, we took this step of faith. Mariah, her teeth were, how you say in Hawaiian, hamajang. But, you know, one of the things, I, you know, I, I chose to invest in my wife. My wife, you know, didn't always have dental care and all of that, and I wanted to invest that, but I didn't want my daughter growing up with that same type of insecurity. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do what I can to get my daughter's teeth taken care of now while she's under my care. And so we did. And we had that thing financed. And I'll never forget, we're, we're giving. In fact, somebody came to us, the first payment and they handed us, our kids had braces, and I know how expensive it was, and they handed us, what, a couple hundred dollars. It was enough to cover uh, the first payment, and I think part of a second payment, and they handed that into us, and we went straight, and we paid that like, God, you're providing for us to be good to my daughter. A couple weeks later, my wife gets a phone call and says, is this, is this Leah? Yes. Is your daughter Mariah? Yes. Well, you have an angel in your life. What are you talking about? Somebody called us and said they want to pay off your entire, your daughter's entire dental bill. It's over $7,000. They want to pay off. I still to this day don't know who that was. 
That's what, that's what giving alms is. Jesus talks about when you give, when you bless somebody, don't even let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And somebody bless. Why? It's the fruits, friend. I have an inheritance. My daughter has an inheritance. If you would begin to trust God and don't hoard, store. I'm responsible. I have a savings account. I drive my wife crazy with my budgets. I know. I want to have a plan. I'm, I'm building up investments. I'm trying to be a wise steward. But friend, when God tells us, when the prophet says, you've got a savings account, give everything. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I've done it. And I'm sure I'll do it again. Hallelujah. But God is so, he's given me more than we've ever given. Are you a hoarder? Are you a storer? Here's the second one I want you to look at with me. Verse 4, James chapter 5. The wages of the labor who mowed your fields, you have kept back by fraud. They cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Here's the second question. If you want God's blessing on your finances, if you want to grow wealthy God's way, or if you're going to grow wealthy in a wicked way, um, here's the question. Are you fraudulent or are you fair? Are you fraudulent or are you fair? This is Pretty self-explanatory, so I don't need to stay on it for a long time. But part of the way this wicked that is being described in James gained their wealth was they didn't pay their workers a fair wage. They hired people, come work in my field, you're going to be my employee. And then they found some way through fraud. They would lie to them about what their income was or they would change their pay. I don't know what the situations were, but it's fraud. They're lying, they're being deceptive, and they're not paying people what they are worth. The Bible says that a workman is worthy of their wages. That's why we've had people come, and they're working on this property. Someone comes, and they're going to do the sprinklers, or they're going to do the plumbing. And they've said, you know, I know this is a church, and I know that, and, and, and I push back on them. Like, listen, you are worth your wages. Send me an invoice. Send me. I want to pay you for the work that you are doing. I know. I know. I, we, in fact, the contractor who did all of this work, he came to us and says, you know what? I've shied away from doing a lot of church projects because they always expect a, a hand-me-out, a handout. They always expect for contractors to do uh, their work for free. But he's like, but I took your call, Pastor Jacob, because you know how to get people paid. And they worked their brains out. This project, which could have taken months, took a week and a half. And that was also thanks to many of our volunteer laborers. Hallelujah. That's so many of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. But we paid that man. Paid him the deposit. Paid for the materials. Sent him a check when the work was done. He was able to pay his employee. Why? We want to be fair. The Lord of hosts is watching. Are you defrauding people? People attach Bible verses. Well, it just must be the favor of God. No, friend. Are you being dishonest? Or are you paying people what they're worth? Are you fraudulent or are you fair? The Bible has a lot to say about handling finances righteously. The Bible says, I'm just going to give you a, a few here. Number, number uh, I'm not going to number them because I've got like 10 of them. I'm just giving them to you quick. Pay your taxes. Amen. Romans 13, 7. Pay your taxes. Uh, my daughter just got her first job. 
And she's like, Dad, this is how much I'm getting paid per hour. And so my paycheck is going to be this. And she took, like, her hours in it. And I'm like, honey, I'm so sorry, but I have to teach you. There's something called taxes. And they're going to take those taxes away from you, my sweet girl. I'm, I'm so sorry, but you're about to learn. To, and I'm going to work with you to get some back at the end of the year, uh, at the beginning of next year. But, uh, but she's learning about taxes. You know, the Bible says it's righteous to pay your taxes. Holly, don't lie. Don't, don't you commit fraud and don't pay your taxes. Romans 13, 7. Uh, give your first and give your best to God. Proverbs 3 in verse 9. That's first fruits. God blesses you. Bring the first portion to the Lord. Avoid debt. Proverbs 22 in verse 7. We're going to pray today that God help us to eradicate debt. We had a couple in this church they came in, they heard a message on giving, and they'd had an investment. They'd been waiting years, and it had not come through, and they had debt that was piling up. But they stood back. They said, Pastor, it was humbling to stand up and to acknowledge that we needed help with debt. But they stood to their feet. An investment they had been waiting for for years came through so quickly, they were able to pay off all of their debt, and God blessed them above and beyond that. And we're going to pray for that today. Avoid debt, Proverbs 22, 7. Have money in savings and have insurance, Proverbs 30, 25. Be generous. Everyone say generous. That's Proverbs eleven twenty four 24, and 25. Invest cautiously and patiently, Proverbs 13, 11. Invest cautiously and patiently. Uh, provide for your family, 1 Timothy 5, 8. That's a bit. You know, the Bible actually says that if you don't provide for your family, you are worse than a heathen. This is a big deal. This is why I installed soap dispensers. I prayed my brains out. God, I need your help. Ah! But I also worked. I gave, but I, yeah, my wife, get a job. That's right. The Bible says if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. So the first question I ask people. They come and, you know, hey, does the church help pay bills and does the church help this and that? The first question that I ask is, are you working? I watch people walk in and, man, you'll, you'll watch them. They're surfing on all of this, but they say, well, my back hurts and so I can't work right now. Like, bro, I watched you tackle a cow at a rodeo. What are you talking about, your back? Get a job. Work hard. Hallelujah. Handling resources righteously. The Bible says that you are uh, to leave an inheritance to your children and your grand grandchildren. Proverbs 13, 22. Hallelujah. The Bible says if you want to be blessed in your resources, be a giver. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Next point. Uh, Deuteronomy 14, 28. Be a giver. Hallelujah. Next point, Nehemiah 10.32. If you want God to bless your, right, uh, your finances, number uh, the third, next point, be a giver. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 8.9, be a giver. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 1, be a giver. Yeah, you're catching on now. I know those aren't typos. I didn't make a mistake. You can, I do have people that debate me. Well, the tithe is an Old Testament principle. I'm a new covenant believer. Listen, friend, that's fine. But you cannot get around being a Christian and being generous. Period. 
You cannot get around being a Christian and being generous. In fact, if you want to pull the whole new covenant card, you realize that Jesus holds us to a higher standard than the Old Testament. Like, if you're an adulterer in the Old Testament, that means you commit the act. But Jesus raised the bar. He said, if you even look upon a woman in lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Old Testament, murderers got to commit murder. New Testament, you hate your brother. You contemplate this in your heart. You're a murderer. And you think it lowers the standard, friend. You've got the power of the Holy Ghost. You have his leading and direction. He raises the standard. We have a better covenant. So hear me. You want to pull this? Well, I'm a, I'm a new covenant believer. I'm a grace guy. That's fine. Forget the law. 10% is the floor of what you ought to be giving, and it only goes up from there. Be a giver. Come on, look at your neighbor in the eye and tell him, be a giver. Here's the last one. I know I'm making some of you uncomfortable. I'm just helping you. I'm, this, is, this is the Bible, friend. This is the Bible. This is not my, I don't enjoy preaching on money. I'll just tell you that. I don't enjoy preaching on money. I'd rather preach on the fire of the Holy Ghost every week, okay? And let's prophesy. We do that every Thursday. But if the Bible deals with it, I'm going to deal with it. And I'm glad because I'm learning. I never knew to lay claim to my inheritance. But I read the Bible. I'm learning some stuff. Hallelujah. Number three, here's the last question. You want God to bless you? Or you want, you want demonic torment coming your way? Here's the question you need to ask yourself. Are you selfish or are you serving? Are you selfish or are you serving? Verse 5, you have lived on the earth in uh, pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts like the pig that you, that you plump up before you cook them for the luau. You're preparing yourself for judgment, essentially. You live on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You fattened your heart as in the day of slaughter. And this, by the way, remember the other verses. is because you've taken advantage of people. You've defrauded people. You've hoarded to yourself. And this is a lot. Why? So I can live better. So I can be in pleasure. So I can be comfortable. Are you living selfishly or are you serving? Part of the condemnation of the wicked wealthy was they hoarded. They were fraudulent. They lived selfishly, pleasure and luxury at the expense of others. But Jesus said, Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. 2 Corinthians 9, 11 declares that you will be enriched in every way. This whole chapter, by the way, is about money. If you want to take it, what's the context, Pastor? It's about money. He will enrich you in every way so you can always be generous. So God wants to bless you financially, not so that you can have a higher level of luxury. No, he wants to bless you so that you can be a greater blessing. A greater blessing. It's normal for us to desire that our daily needs be met, to have resources to do what God has put in our heart, and to abound and to be generous. But there is a godly way to do it, and there's an ungodly way to do it. You're going to do it the godly way. Amen? I want my worship team to come. I, I save one last idea, but I want to show you something that's very personal. You'll notice... That the way we handle our finances speaks directly to the heart of God. It speaks 
to the heart of God. Every one of these verses, you'll notice, every point that I pulled out, verse 3, you hoarded finances, but it will speak against you on judgment day. It will speak again. There is something in eternity, the way you handle your finances. Jesus talked about how there will be a time where he rewards us for the things that you did in this life. The way that you gave, it's either going to be a testimony for you or a testimony against you. It matters in eternity. Verse 4, you defraud your workers. You don't pay for the service you receive. It says they cry out and the Lord of hosts or the Lord of angel armies hears. That's freaky, man. That's, you mistreat people, don't pay people. That's not just an offense to them, but God and an entire army are taking note. You don't want to be on the wrong side of that army when Jesus comes back. I'm just telling you. But the last one, and this, this is kind of heavy. It's going to be heavy for a second, but then I'm going to help you. You'll notice all of these phrases are plural. Laborers were defrauded. Reapers cry out. Riches testify. All plural. But in verse 6, you have condemned and you have murdered singular the just. You have murdered the just one and he does not resist you. It literally means he does not speak up. Well, who is this talking about? Some of your translations, you'll notice that verse 6. The just, you'll notice is capitalized in many translations. Because it's not just talking about people that you mistreat or don't help. It's actually talking about Jesus himself. Jesus himself. The New Living Translation actually translates it as the righteous one. You have murdered the righteous one and he is silent. And that's true to scripture, isn't it? He was silent before his accusers. I want you to think about it. The way you handle and conduct your life, it speaks to the heart of God. What did Jesus say? When you visited that person in prison, you were visiting me. When you gave that person who was hungry food to eat, you did that to me. When you saw that person who was naked and you got them clothes, you did that to me. Think about this. But if you defraud and you lie and you withhold and you hoard, you do that to me. Church, I want you to hear me on this. Our church financially is in a good place. Today is not an appeal for your money for this church. And I mean that with all integrity. The way you handle your finances not only affects people around you, it affects your own life, but it speaks to the very heart of Jesus. I want you to consider the other side. You were generous. I know some of these YWAMers could share with you the most incredible stories of God's provision. And there's going to be a day where people who have sown into their lives, Jesus is going to say, these guys were released to the nations because you were generous. 
And it's not just for the missionary. It's the heart of God. You realize this church, when we give into the building fund, for generations are going to be worshipped, and they're going to be able to worship God in this place. And you're going to get to heaven. You may die before we see this church become all that it's going to be, but you're going to get to heaven. And Jesus is going to say, that guy got saved. That young person got impacted. These people are in the kingdom of God because you were a giver. And it speaks to the heart of God. What are we building with our finances? What are we doing with what God has trusted to us? We're going to war with our giving. God's going to bless you in undeniable ways. And if you're here and you've been dealing unrighteously in the realm of your fight, you've been withholding, you don't pay people, you're not a tither, you're not generous, you're hoarding, you're, you're living in luxury at the expense of others, friend, we're going to have the opportunity to repent of that. Say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I'm going to make it right today. I'm going to make it right today. Because he's gracious, and he's merciful. He's slow to anger, and he's of great kindness. Hallelujah. Now, this is what we're going to do. I want to ask my ushers to come around. In fact, I need one of those envelopes myself if I could. These envelopes say vision on it. And the reason I wanted to use these envelopes is because they've got blank spaces on here. I want everybody to take one of these envelopes right now. Even if you, even if you can't give a lot, uh, give something, do something, you can return your tithe. This is not necessarily a special offering, but our offering is going to speak to the Lord and it's going to minister something today. And what I want to do is our worship is going to sing for a moment. And I want you to fill in, my, my wife and I gave in the first service, we're going to give in this service as well, but I want you to write on this envelope, I, I mentioned it already, I'm believing to be able to give triple this year what I did last year. I'm believing for my income to multiply as well. I'm believing for the total eradication of all debt, all my cars, everything, everything completely paid off. I'm laying claim. I've had multiple prophetic words. A house is being given to you. So I wrote that down. And I want you to write down, what are you believing for? And don't be afraid. Your God does not lack resources. You have an inheritance. Write down something scary on that line. Write down something that will freak you out. I wrote down a salary. It freaks me out. Like, I don't even know. I don't think we're allowed to get paid that much, but you know what? God's going to do it. I want to be a million-dollar giver. Hallelujah. I want you to write some things down. Our worship team is going to go. Would you just sing as we prepare? And bring up the giving on the screen here, please.
I want you to take your envelope, or if you're texting it, I want you to take that in your hand. And we're going to stand right now. I'm going to remind you of the very first thing I shared as we came into this message. If you're still writing out your offering, that's fine. I'll give you a moment. You just finish that and then stand as soon as you're done. You're going to open doors with the way you handle your finances. You're either going to open the doors and the windows of heaven for God to pour out blessing you cannot contain, or you're going to open doors for demonic torment to be released, and I don't want that for anybody. Our giving. The Lord is about to rebuke the devourer. Some of us have been in that lack and poverty mindset, and God is about to shatter that off of lives. He's about to shatter that off of our lives in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, even some of you missionaries, God's about to blow your mind. One of my instructors, in fact, the guy who taught me most of what I believe about money and finances, he was a word of faith guy. He was a missionary. And he had this idea about prosperity. And he's like, God, if this is more than American doctrine, I need it to work in this third world nation that I'm going to. He received high criticism as he went in there with a prosperity mindset. But as groups came, they realized within a year, he rebuilt the entire house, uh, the entire neighborhood. He paved the road, saw electricity come into that place. And he's like, this thing works. This thing works in third world nations. And so listen, I don't care what you're called to do. We have a God of more than enough. More than enough. And so God's going to expand some of you. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. It's like you're holding a sword in your hand right now. And we're going to declare war on poverty. We're going to declare war on lack. We're going to declare a war on that mindset of I, I, I'm, just a, man, I'm just an orphan. No, you're a son of the king. You're a daughter of the king. More than an orphan, you've been adopted. And you are now a co-heir with Christ Jesus. Come on, take that like it's, a, like it's a sword in your hand right now. And Lord, I just pray, we are doing war with our giving today. You said that as we bring our tithes to the Lord, not only would you supply every need of the house, you would take care of our personal needs, but you said you would rebuke the devourer. And so, Lord, all I'm doing today is reminding you of your promises. I ask the devourer be rebuked off of our households, off of our finances, off of our vehicles, our clothing, our, our bank accounts, our investments. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would come and do war on our behalf. You talked about misery coming upon those who mishandle finances and mistreat people, but that's not us. We ask you, Lord, Lord, forgive us if we've mishandled things. Forgive us if we've withheld more than we should. Forgive us if we've been stingy or self-seeking. Lord, put in us a heart of generosity. Put in us a heart of giving. Put in us a heart, Lord, as a son, as a daughter. Lord, that we have more than enough. We have an inheritance. We lack nothing. That you are a God who will supply our need according to your riches in glory. Almighty God, we are the head and not the tail. We are the first and not the last. We are the lender. We are not the borrower. We have more than enough. We are enriched in order to be a blessing on every occasion, generous on every occasion. We're increasing in good.
good works because we are giving. Lord, we are serving. We are meeting the needs of others. Oh, in the name of Jesus, when you place it upon our heart, oh, we will give, whether in the church or to somebody in need or an investment that you speak to us about, we will be faithful and we will leave an inheritance for our sons and for our daughters. We will see the kingdom of God extend. We will not be limited in our vision by what we have in our bank account. We will obey and you will provide where you lead us, oh Lord Jesus. You will supply more than, you are a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think or even imagine. God, these promises, these declarations and faith statements written on this envelope, you're going to do that and more. You're going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask, think, or imagine. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You're doing it. You're doing it. Now I want you to pray this with me right now. I renounce the spirit of poverty, spirit of lack, not enough, the orphan spirit. I renounce it. I command you, loose me and let me go. And I receive the spirit of adoption. I'm a child of God. I have more than enough. I have an inheritance. You supply all my need. I receive blessing, prosperity, increase over my life in every way. Enrich me that I might be a blessing and generous on every occasion. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you're ready to give, I want you to step out from your seat and come put your offering in these bowls right down here. Let's worship as they come.